0: household of God, it's a family. And I, I just love that God calls us a family, that it's not the, the club of God, but it's the house of God. And being a family means that we walk through some real stuff together, some really fun stuff together, but also some real and some real hard stuff together. And my prayer and Matt's prayer for all of us is that as we understand what it means to be a family, that we would choose to walk through seasons together. That we would understand that when you walk in the doors of this place, it might not be perfect. Some, might, some weeks might feel messier than others. But when you walk through the door, you are part of a family. Yeah. And so you can look around and instead of during the minute mingle or like your least favorite part of the service if you're an introvert, you can look around in that moment, and you can actually say, hey, I don't have to try to avert my eyes so I don't have an awkward conversation. I can just get to know somebody else in the family today. I, I think of it like if you go, like, if you're like me, and you have a large family, and you go to maybe a big extended family gathering, or just maybe your family isn't large, but somebody's maybe getting married, and so they brought their new fiance, or they, you know, whoever it is, somebody that's entering the family, you meet that person, and you're like, hey, it's so, I'm so glad you're here. It's so good to meet you. I'm so glad you're part of the family. And they're just in, right? Yeah. That's the church family. That's the family of God. Yeah. Somebody new walks through the door and you're like, awesome. I'm just glad you're here. You might not have even joined the family yet, but I'm just glad you walked through the doors and you belong here. And there's a place for you here You don't have to look a certain way or sound a certain way or be a certain way. You just come in exactly how God has made you and be uniquely you because the family of God needs you. You don't need to try to be somebody else. Just be you and let God purify and make holy the you that he's called you to be as the best you that you can bring to the house of God. And actually, it makes me so excited because you think about how different we all are and, and the different likes and dislikes we have and the creativity that we bring or the organization or administration, whatever it is that you love that you walk in the doors with, I just think, wow, there's so many incredibly unique people that can walk through these doors and can be a part of the family. And what an incredibly diverse and unique family we all are when we come as we are and let God make us holy as we are. It's pretty incredible. So we've had an amazing two weeks um, as we've been in the family series. The first week talking about God's house and how we are a family. And the second week, last week when we talked about God's table and how he sets a table for us, but also how we can set a table for others to come to the house of God. And also I kept thinking about Psalms 23 Where the Bible says, you prepare a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. So a table that's set in every season, even in hard seasons, a table that's set so we can actually sit down and partake and be nourished, even when our enemies are all around, because God set the table. God sets a table for us. And then this week, as we close the series, if you're looking for a title today, you can write down the letters (laughs) T-G-I-F. Who knows? The theme song starts out with like a Seinfeld bass. It's Friday night and the moon is bright. Gonna have some fun, show you how it's done. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Hang in with Mr. Cooper, sister, sister, full house, boy meets worlds. So. great quality television there was no DVR if you missed it you had to hear the average telltale version from whoever saw it if you weren't done with dinner and sitting down in front of the television you only got the retail I couldn't wait it's actually really funny that like thank god it's Friday night and somehow we were convinced that a great way to spend Friday was to sit in front of a TV and watch somebody else live their life. <laughs> like, great marketing. Thank God it's Friday, but we're not gonna be talking about thank God it's Friday today. We're gonna change it up a little to thank God it's family. Thank God it's family. Thank God it's not a club. Thank God it's family. And thank God it's family, because when it's family, you choose to do seasons and life together, and we choose to stay, even when it's hard. because thank God it's family, and it's not just some random club I like show up to and pay a membership fee for, and like if I'm over it, then I'm over it. It's free. It costs Jesus everything. But for us, all we had to do was receive. So thank God, it's family. I just want to refresh us a little bit with a couple of verses. Ephesians 3:14 says, "For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named." We are named because of God the Father into the family by the blood of his son Jesus Christ. We are under one name as a family of believers. We are under the name of Jesus. So we have one name. We are a part of a family. This is how we know we're a family. Ephesians 2.19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. We are a part of the house of God. So let's pray. God, we love you. We love your house. God, I'm so grateful for your house. I'm so grateful to look around and not just see strangers, but brothers and sisters. God, I'm thankful that we are here for the long haul, that we are blood, that we are in it together, God, that we aren't thrown about by whatever season comes and causes chaos in our lives. God, it doesn't whip us out of the family, but God, it actually holds us and hems us into the family when we put you first Jesus. So would you help us today, God, understand how you want your family to be more? Father, would you help us to look more like the sons and daughters that we are and that you've called us to be, God? Would you convict us by the power of your word and challenge us, God, and send us out in the joy of your presence? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I was reading as I was preparing and just studying really over the last months the family of God. And as I was reading through the New Testament, I was struck again by the letters of the New Testament, the epistles. You'll, you'll hear them called epistles if you're studying any kind of theology. So as I was reading through the epistles or the letters of the New Testament, I started exploring the themes of, of all the letters, because these are the letters that Paul and the apostles, they wrote to the church. Okay, so the church, it's a, it's the church of Jesus, right? It's the early church, and as the church is growing, as the church is being built on Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, there are issues that arise. Can you believe it? They have issues. I love how we think today it's, like, surprising when the church has issues. Like, the entire New Testament, nearly, is the church's issues, right? So welcome to the party. If you think you walked in and you're like, oh, thank God, this church is finally what I was looking for. They're normal. We're not normal. We got issues. Just I'm going to prerequisite. If you're coming in here, we're going to have some issues, and we're going to walk through them together. Why? Because we're family. Thank God it's family. So as I was reading through some of the themes in the New Testament, I just want to read to you a few things I wrote down, and I find it humorous, right? (laughs) Because it's not like it's culturally irrelevant to us. It's actually so relevant that it's disturbing that we're still in the same like We're still struggling with the same things. Thank God that the word is living and active. <laughs> Tell me if this does not prove to you that the word of God is living and active today, okay? Some themes we find in the epistles, um, they're letters explaining the gospel and what it means. They're about repentance and navigating current culture. Second Corinthians, in Second Corinthians, Paul deals with claims that were spreading that he didn't actually care about them. <laughs> Have you ever had that happen to you before where you're like, you know, you're loving on somebody, you're spending time with somebody, you're really trying to do your best, and then they, something just gets miscommunicated, or you don't get it quite right, and all of a sudden, you're like hearing that they just, you, they think you don't really care about them. You're like, what? And it's just been a miscommunication, and Second Corinthians is Paul going, I do care about you. You crazy? Of course, I'm giving my life. I'm in jail right now. I care about you. I love you. It's about correction. There are letters about correction and grace. There's teaching against legalism, teaching on unity and how to achieve it. Some of them are about just finding joy in Christ, the freedom that comes from him. There's instructions for living well, instructions for how to stay strong in your faith, and there's encouragement for times of persecution. I mean, I am like legitimately just blown away and again so encouraged that when I feel overwhelmed in the world that I live in right now in the world that you live in right now, you can open up your Bible and there are letters inspired by God. For you, the holy word of God, written for you, from him to you, so that you would know how to navigate the day that you're in. And it is just as relevant now as it was then. In Romans 6, it says, I just want to give a few verse highlights, right? Just, just blitz through a few. Romans 6 tells us, don't let sin control the way you live. Don't give in to sinful desires. That's very helpful. Give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. I'm just like highlighting pieces. Philippians 4, it tells us to rejoice, to let our reasonableness be known to everybody, to not be anxious about anything, but to pray, to give it to give it over to God. And then it tells us that the peace of God that pers- surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it tells us to think about you're wondering what you need to set your mind on right now in the current age that we live in think about things that are honorable just pure lovely commendable excellent things anything worthy of praise think about these things and then practice these things and the peace of God will be with you Colossians 4 tells us to devote ourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart and then it says pray for us too so don't just devote yourself to prayer but pray for others yeah. too because God can give you or others opportunities to speak and spread the gospel in the name of Jesus. And then down a little further, it tells us to live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you would have the right response for everyone. The letters of the New Testament are full of, of teaching and instruction on how to be a part of the healthy family of God. It's also a reminder that we're not always going to get it right. Yeah. But if we don't get it right, we go back to the start. Okay, we start over. We repent. We ask for forgiveness. We come back under the one name of Jesus. And remember that we're a part of the family. We have the same name. Yeah. We're under the same name. So I want to read to us this morning and really focus in on Colossians. Colossians is like one of my favorite books of the Bible. I don't know if you're supposed to have favorites, but I just have an affinity for the book of Colossians. It is why our women's ministry Woven is called Woven. Colossians in the message in chapter 2 says, "I want you to be woven into the tapestry of love." So I just I love this book and I and I really love what we're about to read in chapter 3 starting in verse one the instructions here i think are what god has for us to really soak into this morning and let get into our heart and soul it says since you have been raised to new life with christ set your sights on the realities of heaven where christ sits at the place of honor at god right, god's right hand so it tells us where to fix our eyes and then it says think about the things of heaven not the things of earth for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. And then here come the instructions. So put to death, or get rid of, sinful earthly things lurking within you. How October does that feel, (laughs) right? Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. It's so direct, right? Like, there is no skirting around the issues here, and I think that's exactly what we need right now. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater. What's an idolater? It's somebody that puts something in place of God. God is in first place. It's going, this is more important to me than trusting that God will provide for me. So I'm going to get what I can get for myself because I don't trust that God being in first place is enough, right? Okay. (laughs) Okay. worshiping the things of this world, which is why it says that. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Watch your mouth, (laughs) right? Okay. (laughs) Y'all are all so quiet as if you don't like all relate. I I relate. Conviction. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. You took it all off. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and come become like him as you learn. It doesn't say you have to be immediately completely perfect. It says as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, since God chose you, he chose you, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Yep. (laughs) And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace, and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Here's what we did this morning. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. I thank God. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. How straightforward and beautiful and challenging. What a reminder is that passage of scripture. I have listened to that multiple times a day for weeks on end, and I literally cannot get enough. Every time I turn it on again on my audio Bible, which is how I love to wake up in the morning, I just hit play on a passage of scripture. Every time I turn it on, I just go back to the start again. And I've been thinking, God, let it like sink into every part of me. I wanna memorize it, I wanna know it, because everything in here will help me live my life like you want me to live it. And I'm not perfect at this yet. And you're not perfect at this yet, but we are learning to live a life that looks more like Christ. And how do you do that if we're immersed in everything else and the audio that's coming at us is everything but the word of God? But if we immerse ourselves in the lives that he's called us to live, then maybe it'll just naturally start coming out of us. Because it'll be a reminder every time we start to do something that we weren't creative for. It'll just be like, oh, no, tenderhearted mercy. Humility, love, patience, forgiveness. I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to forgive others like God has forgiven me. So there's a few things that I want to talk about this morning when it comes to the family of God. Thank God it's family. But what do families need? What does a healthy family look like? And I thought maybe we'll just talk about a few things because this is not going to be, like, um, exhaustive, okay? Or we'd be here until, like, next week. Straight through. (laughs) Anybody? No? Got things to do? Okay. So number one, a family needs love. A family needs love. Colossians says, above all else, clothe yourselves with love. Above all else, be clothed with love. And then it says, which binds us together in perfect harmony. A family needs love. Who is love? Okay, let's do a little Bible trivia. Who is love? What does the Bible say about that? God. God is love. So God is love. And at the beginning, when everything was made, Genesis 1, who was at the beginning making everything that we see? God. So from the beginning, God, who is love, created everything that we see. So everything that we know is born out of God's love for us. God is love. It's who he is. It's his character, it's his nature. And so everything that he created the earth to be before it was broken was created out of love so that we would understand what it looks like to live in a world made from love. So so we started from love. Everything that we know that was from God started from love. And so a family when it begins has to start from love, and a family that maybe is experiencing brokenness, in order to receive healing needs to go back to love, and so in order to get back to the start and be able to start again or figure out how do I step in a new season, if my family's been broken, you start from love because that's where God started everything from, and you can't start from anywhere else and expect to get a love that binds you together in perfect harmony. You want harmony? Go back to love. So a family needs love, and so a family that needs love needs to have God at the center. So that's where family begins. And then secondly, a family, it needs unity. Because the second part of that verse tells us, above all else, clothe clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony or in unity. And unity is tricky because we don't all agree on everything all of the time. St. Augustine said, in the essentials, unity, in the non-essentials, liberty, but in all things, love. So unity is not easy. But when we start with love, we find that love binds us together in perfect harmony. Is that because we all of a sudden magically like the fairy godmother of love comes and we agree on everything and that's why we're all of a sudden in perfect harmony? No, but we learn because of what Colossians 3 tells us that we can forgive one another just as God forgave us that we can say, you know what? I'm not gonna be offended about that. I'm gonna choose not to be offended about that today. I'm gonna get rid of my dirty mouth because it's just time to start talking a different way, right, Like, there are things that begin to change for us, and unity is only a gift that can be given by God when we come to it through love, through his love. So I just wanted to share quickly a little story because one of my earliest memories of family unity was the classic family photo. (laughs) So right now, you would probably imagine a family photo with a beautiful family, like going down the beach, their wind is blowing in their hair, the mom is casually spinning the child around and there's a a perfect capture, the child is laughing the mom is like, "Ah." and the dad is over there like arm around another one just like, you know, that's a family photo today. You would wear your denim in white probably because that's very beachy, maybe a beige, probably some neutrals. But I wanted to show you what it was like when we went and got our family photos done at the Olin Mills in the Moultrie Plaza. Would you like to see? Jeremy, my brother, was so mad that we had to do a family photo because he was so cool. And I was like, I was born for this. I'm ready. (laughs) I was not born for that. You're going to know why in just seconds. There we are, yes. (laughs) Dad, I don't know if you could get up if you got down like that again. (laughs) I feel like it's strong. Yeah, maybe we should redo a redo. (laughs) Yes, you know, Jeremy, he looks like he's happy, but he wasn't. Mom is like, if you don't smile, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) And I was standing on some sort of a platform behind everybody (laughs) because I'm not that tall. You know, I think we look great. Denim on denim. It's nice. That wasn't the first of the family photos, though, because before we were all matched in denim and white, we started out with this number. Yeah, there we are. It's Eli and Charlie. It's patriotic. There's some red and some blue. I like, what is this? Like a front apron with some embroidery on the front. It's beautiful. So there we are. It's the best unibrow I've ever seen in my life, Dad. You try. You can't unless you're (laughs) Menorcan. Listen, I think we are a fine looking family. It's funny, but it's true that, you know, you think about getting dressed for a family photo. It's not like we wore that stuff. We don't walk around town matching, right? (laughs) Like that's not normal life. But there are times when you get ready for a family photo and you're like, everybody wear neutrals. Everybody wear denim and white. Let's go patriotic. I don't know, whatever your vibe is for your family photo. But the reality is. Your everyday walking around doesn't look that cohesive, and it's a lot like the house of God. You might not match every day of the week, but we are called to come together as a family of God and lay aside our differences and come into the house of God, loving God and loving each other. You just put your clothes on for the Sunday that match. You're not being inauthentic. You're not being fake. You're saying, in the essentials, unity. Unity. So we are here unified on Sunday under one name. And we've got to stop letting offense tear us apart. We've got to stop letting, like, malicious talk because you think something or you got offended. We've got to stop letting that stuff cause division in the house of God because that's exactly what the enemy wants. We start with love, and love births unity. Unity is important. I, I just want to share this quickly. Do you know that Jesus prayed for us to have unity? That's how important it was. Jesus prayed that we would be unified. I'm going to read it to you in John 17, verse 20 through 23. It says, this is Jesus praying. I am praying not only only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they would all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Do you hear the importance of unity? I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Family needs unity. So how do you stay united? How do you stay unified? How do we stay coming in when things are hard or chaotic or you're really struggling with something or somebody's really irritated you? How do you walk in the doors of God's house and choose to be unified under the love of God? because it's really nice to talk about, <laughs> but when you're really ticked off, you need some help, yeah. and so family needs love, and family needs unity, but family really needs accountability. I watched a YouTube video with my sons this past week, and it was Dude Perfect. You know, if you have boys, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about, or girls, um, This guy, he gets up, it's on his bucket list. He rides this plane with like the two wing things sticking out and they're up in the sky and he unclips and the driver's back there and he unclips his buckle and he clips onto this thing on the top of the plane and he climbs up and he's standing on the top of the wings and he leans back against this pole and he's in the sky. Like the plane is flying through the sky and he's standing on the top of the wings and we're all like, what? This is insane. And so he's standing on the top of the wings and then, and then. The guy does a flip. He's standing on the top of the airplane. We're like shrieking in the office. This is insane. And the guy does a flip and he comes around and all of a sudden, the guy that's on the wings, he yells, I want my mom. (laughs) Because he's like mic'd up. And we're all dying. Like, of course. But when you're in the middle of an intense situation, maybe it's amazing or maybe it's getting a little scary, you need to be able to cry out to somebody. You can always cry out to your Father in heaven. But do you know that God has actually positioned people on the earth to hold you accountable, to help you move forward when you're just stuck or when you're like, I can't, I can't go this week. This happened and I'm, it's too much. You need somebody that you can call out to and be like, I'm actually not okay right now. Can you help me navigate this and walk through this? Do you know that we have a, a team of pastors that are ready to walk through things with you? And do you know that there are friends and family in the room that can't wait to be a part of walking through life with you? You don't have to do it alone. Family needs accountability. I just want to give you a couple scriptures here. Galatians 6 tells us, verse 1, Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. How beautiful is that? And then it says, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to them. In other words, trust who God has put in place in your life. People don't appoint people. God appoints people. Trust, your, trust the people that God has put in your life. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Personally, I just love that one. <laughs> Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. We need each other. We need each other to do life. We need to keep each other accountable. Family needs love, family needs unity, and family needs accountability. We need each other. And the reality is that family might be really hard for you today. Family might be something that's like, I don't go there because I've got all of this stuff in my past that when I think about family, it's just painful. But can I tell you that God, he's a good father and he knows when it's time to unearth some things in your heart for you to deal with. And so if that's you this morning, I would just put to you, maybe the Holy Spirit has begun to, to uncover something that he actually wants to bring healing and life to. And so instead of shrinking back and running away from it and trying to just forget that maybe this, this day, it got there in your heart and just wanting to like mute that feeling, would you consider leaning into what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life, to what he's doing in your heart? There are some things this morning that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to invite us to take off, that we've been wearing that don't belong to us and some things he's inviting us to put on. There are some things that are ill-fitting that we were never meant to carry that we've been wearing like they belong to us. And God this morning by his Holy Spirit is saying, that's not for you. That's not who I've called you to be. And you can feel it. You know, like when you're, it's like, it's fall in Florida. We hit fall and everybody puts on a sweater. But we all know you're going to sweat when you go outside. Don't put the sweater on. There are things that we're walking around with and we're like, it's fine. Somebody told me that I could wear this. Somebody said it was fall. We should have a different calendar in Florida. Somebody said it was time for this. And it actually isn't what you're supposed to be wearing at all. It's a lot like what God does with us. He's told you who you're supposed to be. You are purposed. You are called. You are chosen. You are a child of God. Listen to this. In the message in Colossians 3, it says, So chosen by God for this new life of love. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, Quiet strength, discipline, be even tempered, content with second place. Wow, this is countercultural. Quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you, and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all purpose garment. Never be without it. And let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and stepped and step with each other. Why don't we all stand to our feet for a minute? Our feet, both of them. (laughs) There are some things that this scripture tells us to take off, and we could just close our eyes all around the room. I just want to take a minute, and I want to give you privacy because I really want you to ask the Holy Spirit what he's highlighting in your own heart this morning. Very clearly, this scripture tells us a few things. It says, ditch, ditch sexual immorality. The world might tell you it's awesome, but actually God's way is really better because he's trying to protect your heart. He's trying to protect you and guard you so that he can set you up for the life that he has for you. Get rid of impurity and lust. The message puts it like this. It says, doing whatever you want whenever you feel like it, grabbing whatever tracks your fancy. We're not gonna do that anymore because God knows exactly what we need. Get rid of evil desires. Ask God to help you. Take those things away from you. Get rid of greediness. Say goodbye to idolatry. Nothing takes the place of God anymore in our lives. Get rid of anger and rage. Get rid of malicious behavior. No more slander or talking poorly about others. No more dirty language. And don't lie to each other. Even if it's just to make you look better, right? Like, There's just not, there's never a place for it because God says, take it off. Take these things off. But this isn't so that we can feel shame and condemnation because God gives us grace and he never goes take this off without offering to replace it with something. So whatever we're taking off of those things here, here's what it says God is telling us to put back on. He's giving us something in exchange. Tender hearted mercy. Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, love peace, wisdom. So Holy Spirit, I pray that right now you would just begin to highlight in our own hearts what you're telling us needs to come off. And if there's something right now that you're just like, you know what, God is like, it is like a neon sign going off in my heart right now. There's something I need to take off this morning. Would you just lift your hand? And this isn't for me to see it, this is actually just, you know what God, I'm gonna surrender this thing to you that I'm that I'm not great at and I need you to help me be better at. And this is a hands raised of help me God, I can't do this on my own. I've actually tried to do this before. I've tried to get rid of this thing that keeps coming back before and I don't want it anymore. So God, I'm just, I'm lifting my hands up and I'm handing it to you God and I'm just asking that you will help me to be more like you this morning. And Father, as we surrender things to you, I believe by your Holy Spirit, you are putting into our hands tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. We receive those things this morning, God. We receive forgiveness. We receive love. We receive peace and wisdom. And God, we ask that you would help our family to look like you, Father, a family that's built and born out of love, God, that has... It was marked by unity, Father, and that is embracing of accountability so that we could keep growing through every season. God, we say this morning that there is nothing better than you, God, that nothing else could take your place, Father. Nothing else will do but you, Jesus.